Let's say you buy a 2021 Corvette, big, fast car, and you go out to Arizona on an airport that has a runway that is two miles long. We're going to say it's 100 degrees and there's no wind. And you look at the driver and you say, make this thing go as fast as it can go on this flat two-mile strip. Then you take the exact same car to Dallas, Texas, On another airport where the runway is flat, it's 100 degrees and there is no wind. And you look at the driver and you say, make this thing go as fast as it can go. In a second, I'm going to tell you which car went faster in what place because I'm seeing people kind of overthink things in podcasting sometimes, really diving into the nitty gritty And we're going to talk today about how to choose a media host. And I realize if you're new to the show, I work for a media host. And I realize you're going to go, well, I bet you're going to say yours is best. So I'm going to present these as facts. And if I have an opinion, I will say this is an opinion. And here's why. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where I help you plan, launch, grow, and monetize your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription at schoolofpodcasting.com. I got a couple quick things I want to get out of the way here. One is, of course, the question of the month is coming up next week. I need your answer by this Friday, the 24th of September, 2021. And the question is, what was the last thing you recommended and why? So this could be radio, TV, book, whatever. What was the last thing you recommended and why? If you have a podcast, be sure to tell us the name of it, the website where we can find it, and a little bit about it. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question to get involved and get your podcast in front of this audience. And the other thing I want to mention is novel marketing. Do you realize that close to 90% of every podcaster wants to write a book And Novel Marketing, the podcast, it's here to help. And I've been talking about his Ten Commandments of book writing. And I know I mentioned commandment number two, thou shalt write for thy reader, not for thyself. And a lot of this applies to podcasting. But I want to talk about an exercise that he recommends. He says, one exercise to help you obey this commandment is to write an initial version of your book cover, uh, you know, the copy of it, before writing the book. Describe why the book is worth reading before you write the book. And this so applies to podcasting because as I do this episode, I had to figure out, okay, I'm talking about media hosts. What am I going to talk about? And what am I not going to talk about? Cause otherwise it would have been about five hours long. So for more book promotion and publishing help, listen to the novel marketing podcast in your favorite podcast app or at novelmarketing.com. I'll have links to this out in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 793, or just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash author. And I know you're sitting there going, Dave, I'm waiting to hear the answer. Where is the car faster in Dallas or in Arizona? And the answer is it doesn't matter. It's 
the same flat surface. It's the same wind conditions in the same climate, and it's the same car. And that car is your podcast, and that runway is a media host. Its job is to make sure your file gets from point A to point B. And for the most part, every media host does that job well. When somebody clicks play, when somebody clicks download, it shows up. It's not like you're sitting there clicking on something going, nothing's happening. And with that then, does it matter, Dave, what media host I have? And what I want to put out there is, let's go a different direction. If I'm on media host A, again, keeping these very generic, if I'm on media host A and I switch to media host B, am I going to get more downloads? And the answer is no. It's the same car. It's your podcast. So what a media host is, it's the interface. It's the business model. It's how easy is it to put your show everywhere on the internet so that you can get more downloads. Every single media host, it doesn't matter who it is, wants your show to grow. Why? Because if your show doesn't grow and you get frustrated, you quit. And when you quit, they lose that revenue. So every single media host wants your show to grow. And that's why almost every media host has some sort of YouTube channel, has some sort of webinar schedule, has some sort of podcast to interact with their audience and help them grow their audience. But what we're going to get into now are what are some of the common features that you hear about in media hosts. And I do want to say I'm doing the first part where I'm just stating facts. And then later in the program, we will get into some of my opinions. And I just want to reiterate the main thing here when we start off here. If you're already in all the directories, if you move from media host A to media host B, are you somehow going to now get 2,000 downloads out of thin air? No, no, you're not. And I could take a whole tangent here on how to grow your audience, but I want to stay focused on understanding media hosts. But the first thing we need to say, I've already answered, what is a media host? It's a company that serves your media file. And for this episode, I'm just going to say MP3. Let's just say MP3. I know a lot of people like to use M4A. I'm a big fan of MP3. Why? Because it works with everything. And there are some companies like Spotify that don't want an M4A. They only work with MP3. So for this episode, I'm saying we're putting out an MP3. A media host typically provides an RSS feed that is compliant with Apple Podcast, and they also provide stats. That is all true. So do I need a media host? The quick answer is yeah. And while a web host, so there's a media host, and a web host, something like GoDaddy or HostGator or Bluehost. Those are web hosts. This is a media host. And it may say something like unlimited storage, unlimited bandwidth, blah, blah, blah. And it's not the bandwidth. It's not the storage that's an issue. A web host is used to serving websites, which are text and pictures, which are very, very tiny compared to a piece of media, like an MP3 file. So consequently, when all of a sudden, if you're using your web host as a media host, 
and you put out an episode and all of a sudden hundreds of people go to download that MP3 file at the same time, that poor little web host that's used to serving pictures and text is going, (laughs) and it can't keep up. And consequently, two things will happen. They're going to take your site offline in some extreme cases, or they will strongly suggest that you upgrade to a much more expensive package, or they'll send you an invoice for the additional resources that you monopolize. And that's the problem. It's not the bandwidth. It's not the storage. It's the fact that you took up too many resources. And I know you might say, yeah, but I know so-and-so and and they've been self-hosting, which is what some people call that. They've been, uh, you know, self-hosting for years to which I then ask, maybe they aren't as popular. And you don't want to wait till you're so popular that your podcast is causing an issue on your web host. Why not just use a media host in the first place? What are IAB statistics? Well, the IAB stands for Interactive Advertising Bureau, and it's the body responsible for setting the measurement standards within the podcast industry. The guidelines were put together by the following companies who had to agree on what constituted a download. Here we go. Acast, AdGear, AdLarge, AdWiz, Art19, Audible, Blog Talk Radio, I sound like Billy Joel, Subias, Condé Nast, Cox Media Group, Cyber Communications, Digital Advertising, Advertising Consortium, Double Verify, ESPN, Libsyn, Midroll Media, Minnesota Public Radio, NPR, New York Public Radio, Nielsen, Pacific Content, Pandora, Podcast One, PodTrack, Raw Voice, Blueberry, Rhythm One, Seismic, Slate, Triton Digital, Westwood One, Wide Orbit, and Wondery. In their report, and I'll have a link to that out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 793, they said that 5% of plays come from a browser. So if you're a person that's freaking out about the look of your player on your website, realize that 95% of people are not seeing that. But the big thing that you want to know is they say to count as a valid download, the ID3 tag plus enough of the podcast content to play for one minute should have been downloaded. In English, if someone hasn't listened to a minute of your podcast, it doesn't count as a download. If somebody downloads the whole show to your podcast, well, that's going to look like they listen to the whole thing. So that will count as a download as well. But if somebody clicks, you know, that 5% goes to your website and clicks play, or if they're in the Apple podcast app and they click on the listen button without downloading your show, they have to listen to a minute. Now, is it important that your podcast is on an IAB certified host? As always in podcasting, the answer is, you guessed it, it depends. And that depends on, are you going to be having sponsors on your podcast? If you are, they're going to want to know that you are on an IAB certified host. And for the record, if you're looking for advertisers, they're going to want to know how many downloads you get per episode. I'm seeing more and more people saying, I can help you double your monthly downloads. Well, so can I. How many down, How many episodes do you do a month? And you go, four. And I go, great, do eight. Congratulations, I've just doubled your monthly downloads. Monthly downloads are a great indicator of how your back episodes are doing. The number that advertisers are looking for is how many downloads do you get after 30 days of being published per episode? One more time. Per episode is what you quote to sponsors. Now, if you like, Dave, I'm just using this podcast. I'm a lawyer and I want to promote my law service. Well, 
then do you care that your numbers are IAB certified? Because you are the sponsor. So this is where it depends. For me, and this is where, this is my opinion, I like my podcast media host to be IAB certified. And that's the other thing. Some people are like, oh, we are IAB compatible. No, no, no. That's like being kind of pregnant. You're either certified or you're not. But that's what IAB is all about. It's about having a standard that a bunch of people got together and said, yep, that's a download. So let's go back to that question. Will switching from one media host to another one give me more downloads? So if you are on an IAB certified media host where they have strict guidelines on what counts as a download and you switch to a media host that does not do that, they're a little more flexible on what they call a download, you're going to end up with more downloads on a non-IAB certified. So that's where switching, if somebody goes, oh, I switched from this company to this company, my downloads tripled. That may not be that that company helped promote and somehow magically get you more listeners. It may be that media host A was IAB certified and media host B was not. So let's talk about some verbiage before we get into explaining how to pick a media host. And the first one is storage. Storage refers to how many episodes you can keep online as well as how many you can upload each month. And having the ability to keep episodes online can boost your downloads. I just talked about monthly stats. I looked at mine in June. I had 23,133 downloads. Sounds impressive, right? That's a monthly total. Again, monthly stats. People love to quote those because they sound impressive. Wow, 23,000. But here's the thing. 7,845 were from the four episodes in June. That means 15,000 or 66% were from my back catalog. So that's why having the ability to have a lot of your old episodes online, especially if it's evergreen, can really help boost your downloads because people find your show and they go, holy cow, where's this show been? And they download every single episode. And if you don't have the ability to keep a bunch of episodes online, that's a problem. So that's what storage is. Downloads. Well, this one's really not too hard to figure out. A download is just that. It's when your file goes from your media host to your device, it is downloaded. And some people like to go, yeah, but does that mean they actually listen to it? To which I kind of want to go, why are we holding podcasting to a standard that we do not hold to any other media? Do we go, hey, did that person actually read that newspaper? Did that person actually read page 18 of the magazine? I need to know how far they read that People magazine. Or how far did they watch the evening news? But for some reason, we're trying to hold podcasting up to a standard that's not in any other form of media, but a download is a download. And there are apps. I think Apple podcast still does this. If you don't listen to the last five episodes of a podcast that you are following previously known as subscribing, they used to stop downloading it because they're like, well, why should we? You're not listening to these. But for me, from what I hear anywhere from 15% to 20%, of your downloads may not actually be listened to, and that's per Pod News and also Evo Terra. I just talked about monthly stats. What kind of stats can I get from my podcast hosting company? Well, you can get, as we just mentioned, download numbers. Right now, as I record this in September, you can get geographic data. That might change in the future when people start using these things called VPNs, which kind of hides some of your information when you're online. So we might not be able to see where you are 
And when I say see where you are, like in terms of like what city in some cases, nothing like, oh, I know you're at 123 Main Street, nothing that crazy. And the other thing, so download numbers, geographic uh, data, and information on what apps are being used. And so this is where I can see if you're listening on Stitcher or Apple or Google and things like that. And from there, you can have breakdowns such as how many downloads per episode, how many per week, per month, averages, and more. Once you get the numbers, you can do whatever you want with them. So those are the kind of stats. Now, you might be saying, wait, can I see how many of my audience is men and women and and how old they are and things like that? And for most people, that answer is no. And the reason for that is it's illegal. (laughs) There's this thing called GDPR in Europe. And now there is one exception, and that is Spotify. And we'll talk about this when we get into some of the opinion stuff. But Spotify, when you listen to podcasts on Spotify, to have a Spotify account, you have to set that up. And part of setting up a Spotify account is your, you know, sex, age, et cetera, et cetera. And so you can get demographic data in your Spotify stats. And we'll talk about that a little bit towards the end. Another feature of podcast media hosting companies is they will give you a website for your podcast. And these are often the bare minimum that allows your audience to listen and subscribe. Some offer more controls over the look, the design and the functions, but realize that a small percentage of your you know, actual audience listens online. You know, Google will find your website. It'll bring you visitors who sample on your website, but hopefully they're going to follow or subscribe. And then they're going to listen on your, some sort of phone you know, pad, something like that. But that is a feature of media hosts. They will give you a website. And this is where you kind of have to figure out, are you going to use the kind of bare bones minimum website provided by your media host? And a lot of schools do that I've seen, or people that are like, yeah, I just need some place for people to listen and subscribe. Then by all means, don't put out more money for a website that you don't need. But if you're a person that's like, I'm going to be doing A-B split testing and I want to have a newsletter and I want to have an e-commerce store and things like that, then you're going to need your own website. And that's where you can do something like on WordPress or, you know, PodPage is another example. There's a bunch of them. But if you just need a bare bones minimum website, then you can probably just start off with the one from your media host. Private podcasts. With the success of Patreon, most hosting companies offer some sort of of private podcasting. And this is where you can add additional episodes, such as a a different version, maybe one without ads in it, or maybe it's bonus content, but it's some way for people to have content that's not public. You have to, you know, it's behind a paywall, or if it's for a company, maybe it's your monthly sales meeting, and that's a private podcast. Dynamic ad insertion. And this is where you mark a spot in your podcast, usually on the media host's platform after you've uploaded it and their system will then insert an advertisement into your MP3. And these ads are sometimes called uh, programmatic. And when I tested these pre-recorded ads, I was paid and I'm not making this up 0.0017 cents per download. So for every 100 downloads I got of that episode, I made 17 cents. So that's not a crack on dynamic ad insertion. That's more of a crack on programmatic ads because they don't pay squat. Spots that you read are typically you are paid more for those. 
And spots that include a, there are three spots. There's a pre-roll, which is before the show starts. There's a mid-roll, which, as you might imagine, is in the mid part of the show. And there is a post-roll, which is on after the show is over. Mid-roll placements are slightly longer and cost more. Why? Because you can set up your, this is a fact again, you can set up your app in many cases to skip X amount of minutes so like I use overcast and I have it start the, if I, when I was listening to Joe Rogan, it would start at the 10 minute mark. Uh, when I listen to Conan O'Brien, it starts at the 10 minute mark cause it takes him forever to get to the guest. And then I also have it set to skip X amount of minutes at the end of a show. So that's why mid rolls are more expensive because people are adding technology to cut out the crap at the beginning of the show and the crap at the end of the show. Support. Look, you're going to be doing something new. In some cases, something you've never done before, which means there's going to be something along the line that might confuse you a little bit. Support comes in many flavors. Some offer a live chat. Some offer the ability to schedule a phone call. Some, most of them, I hope, have some sort of help system where you can go in and scan tutorials. Uh, They all have email where you can email them. And if you have any question, if you're down to, say, two hosts, and my team is going to love that I say this, just email both support teams and see which one replies faster. But you're going to want to make sure you have support. Transcripts. Some hosting companies offer what's called artificial intelligence, sometimes labeled AI. So they will have an AI-created transcript. And I will definitely talk more about this when we get to the opinion. But if you wonder what is AI transcripts, it's a robot that is transcribing your podcast. This goes by many names. Many people call them audiograms, snippets, clips, things like that. And some tools have the ability to make their own little snippet. And then others will integrate with a tool such as Headliner And again, this will be definitely a topic I will be talking about when we get to the opinion part, but that's what a snippet slash clip is. It's where you can take a small segment of your show with the intent to share it on social. So those are most of the common features in media hosts. What I want to do now is switch gears to how you pay for these. What are the business models that these companies are using to stay in business so that you can use them. And so the first one is called free. Now, free media hosting typically works this way. It's free, and then they're going to probably provide you with sponsorship. And when you get a sponsor, you're going to give them a percentage of that sponsor to help pay for the media hosting that you're using. So, Let me give you some facts here. Podshow, which later changed its name to Mevio, lasted 116 months before it went out of business. They also went through $38.8 million. That's a fact. Padango, Padango, which sounds like some sort of knockoff game, like, hey, Milton Bradley has Yahtzee. We need something like that. Hey, I've got a game for you. We'll call it Padango. Way to go there, Chumley. Meanwhile, uh. Padango lasted from September 2006 to December 2008. That's 27 months. And yes, they went out of business right before Christmas and said, hey, we don't know where you're going, but you can't stand here. We're going out of business. 
Wild Voice lasted from July 2006 to July 2009. That's 36 months. MyPodcast.com went from 2007 to 2011. Audiometric.io was from November 2012 to August 2014. Now, they didn't go out of business. They were acquired and then shut down. Opinion Podcasting lasted 23 months. Zcat lasted from 2016 to 2019. And I love Zcat because they got one really popular show and it pretty much brought the whole thing down. Wooshka is still in business, but they shut down their free version after 53 months. And then that leaves two. There is Anchor, which was purchased by Spotify after 48 months. And many people, it was rumored that Anchor was going to go out of business because, well, we'll talk about that here in a second. And then Red Circle was started in 2019. And... One of the reasons, and this is a fact, I know this for a fact, one of the reasons this fails, I'm not saying it's this the reason, but I am saying it is one of the reasons this fails, is somebody signs up for a free media host, they're there for a year or two, they build up a decent size audience, and this is the time that the free media host can actually start to make some of their money back because they can get sponsors for that show. Except at this time, the podcaster figures out, Hey, you know what? I can move to a different host and keep all the money to myself. So just about the time that free media host was going to finally start bringing in some money, they lose their customer. And consequently they go out of business. That is a fact. The next business model I'm going to call limited monthly uploads, unlimited downloads. So in this business model, you get one set price per month to upload a certain amount of files, and then you get an unlimited number of downloads. So companies that use this model are people like Libsyn. And again, in full disclosure, I work for Libsyn, Blueberry, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and there are probably more, but those are some examples. So what you have to figure out to use these is how many episodes are you going to upload per month? How long are they going to be? And then you can basically choose a plan that fits the amount of content that you're going to be uploading. So again, we've seen free, we've seen limited monthly uploads, but unlimited downloads, which leads us to the next one. The next business model is unlimited uploads and podcasts. So make as many as you want. However, there is a limited downloads or in some cases, pricier downloads. Some examples of companies that use this type of business are Captivate.fm, Transistor.fm, and Fireside.fm. To bring in some numbers at Captivate.fm, they have a personal plan. You can make, again, as many podcasts as you want, as many episodes as you want. Go to town and you can start off at $17 a month. But when the total number of downloads for all of your shows is over 12,000 downloads per month, then you need to go to the professional plan, which is $44 per month. That is an example of the unlimited uploads. And then again, not so much limited, but maybe pricier downloads. And we'll talk about that when we get to the opinion part. Then there are the business model that doesn't fit any of the above. And let me give you an example of these. Castos offers an unlimited number of podcasts, unlimited episodes, as well as unlimited downloads. So upload as much as you want, and I don't care how popular you get, it's one fee. Podbean also has an unlimited number of episodes and unlimited downloads, but that's for one podcast. 
So how do I choose a podcast media host? Which brings us to the opinion part. And that is, and, and I love the fact that I made this criteria before I worked for Libsyn. So people go, oh, you like that because you work for Libsyn. No, I actually created this years before I worked for Libsyn. So number one, don't mess with my file. What I upload is what I want people to download. So there are media hosts that will convert your file to a different format. They will rename the file to a different file name. And you're like, Dave, why do you care about the file name? If you move from one media host to another and you're embedding the file on your website, it is so much easier if the file name hasn't changed because you can actually just go in and say, hey, find this bit of link and replace it with this link and your website's updated. As for the file format, I want my show to sound a certain way. And when you change it, I'm like, hey, I wanted that in stereo. Why is it in mono? And in regards to what format to use, sign up at the School of Podcasting, use the coupon code LISTENER, and you can hear the pros and cons of that. Number two is give me the ability to have an unlimited back catalog. In other words, unlimited storage. So don't have a podcast where they're like, oh, we give you X amount of storage, and after that, well, you have to start taking things down. Number three, don't limit the size of my audience, which means unlimited downloads. Don't put a cap on it. Don't Just give me unlimited bandwidth. Number four, don't control my feed and make it easy to leave if I choose to do so. I need to be able to put in a 301 redirect. And I know that sounds kind of geeky, but there are companies like Kajabi, uh, TalkShoe. These are places you do not want to put your podcast because in the event you go, wow, these people are kind of really good at marketing and email, but they totally suck at podcasting and I want to leave. If they don't redirect your RSS feed, you can't leave. And this is cases like Kajabi and TalkShoe and many Christian-related podcasting sites because they're kind of preying on the uninformed, no pun intended there. Number five, give me support. Like I have a question. I would like to get it answered, I don't know, sometime soon. And it would be cool if you actually understood podcasting. When I reached out to, and this is a fact, Kajabi, I don't believe they understood what a redirect was because, well, they're great at marketing and email and, you know, all that fun stuff. But when it comes to podcasting, their support staff, from their answers, in my opinion, did not understand how podcasting worked. So give me support and it would be great if it was accurate and helpful. And sometime if I could get like, you know, 24 hours or less, maybe. Number six, charge me for your service so you stay in business because I understand that you've got this great business plan. You're going to have advertising. Yeah, that doesn't work. It's been tried before and failed multiple, multiple times. Number seven, give me some stats so I can see what's working. And it would be nice if they were accurate. I prefer IAB certified stats. That's something I came up with. Obviously, I added the IAB certified thing after that was a thing. And that's my criteria, and that's why it's my criteria, which doesn't mean it has to be yours, but that's why I think the way I think. Now, if you would like to tap into my 16 years of podcasting experience, I'd love to have you out at the School of Podcasting. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription, and 
You're not going to sound stupid. You're not going to buy a bunch of equipment that you don't need. You're going to create content that engages your audience, that they're going to go, holy cow, I can't believe I haven't found this podcast sooner. I would love to help you go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. I drove to Nashville, Tennessee to go to Podcast Movement in 2021, and I took my Toyota Camry, and it was perfectly fine because it had cruise control and air conditioning, and I was able to tie my phone into the stereo system, and that's all I needed it to do, and it was a fairly short drive, seven hours. Now, if I go to other places in the United States that are longer than seven hours, let's say I want to drive to Texas, that's going to take me close to 24 hours. I'm going to want to borrow my brother's van because while it has also cruise control and an air conditioner and the ability to tie my phone into the stereo, it also has captain's chairs that are a little more uh, comfy. There are better cup holders. It's just a better environment to where being in a longer drive, it would be a better environment. It would be less frustrating it would be less cramping and things of that nature. And I'm going to tie in one more story here. Hooray! I recently was looking into switching my email list provider and I have Mailer Lite. It's a really pretty cool system. They do have a free version. Links in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 793. And I saw where I could send email much cheaper using things like, I think it's Sendly, and then I saw there's this free open source thing, and all these, you know, especially this one called Motic had all sorts of features that you could do this and tag them and blah, 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 and it dawned on me that when it comes to my email list, I have one kind of autoresponder where you can sign up to get 30 tips on how to grow your audience. Links in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 793. And I send out a weekly newsletter with what's been catching my eye and news of the you know, podcasting industry. And that's kind of it. I don't need to cross do this and A-B split testing and da 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 So you have to kind of figure out, okay, there's a bunch of these features. Am I going to use any of these? I once bought a service called Vidyard and it was expensive. And it was this cool thing where it was like, oh, look, it does this. It slices, it dices, it even juliennes. And one of the features was you could see how far somebody viewed your video. And I, I bought it. I had to buy a year. I was under contract. And to make a long story short, I never used that feature. I did a little, but it was clunky. The interface, again, was frustrating. The interface. And so I was like, ick, and I actually now use a service called Loom, and it does exactly what I wanted to do, which is half of the stuff that this other service used, but I never used that stuff. So don't get mesmerized by all the different features. Look at these and go, hey, am I going to use those or not? Let's talk about transcripts. This, again, is my opinion. Transcripts, at their best, when they're robot-generated, are somewhere, let's say they're 90% accurate. That still means every 100 words, you have to fix 10. And I don't think they're anywhere near that. They're probably more closer to 80%. And the other thing with a transcript is we don't talk like we write and we don't write like we talk. And so if you take a raw transcript and say, hey, 
copy paste. Hey, this is a direct transcript from a robot. If there's any weird words in it, it's the robot's fault. You could do that. And the reason people do that is they're trying to get more views from Google. Google is the number one search engine. If I have more words on my site, I will come up in more search results. That makes sense. More words, more results. Except what is Google's job? Google's job is to find the best websites with the best information. And in my opinion, transcripts are not without them being edited to be read. Because again, we don't talk like we write. We don't write like we talk. And for me, by the time that I can beat a transcript into something that's readable, I could have just typed it myself. So I'm not a huge fan of transcripts as show notes. I need to test this a little more with like do a couple episodes where I have transcripts and a couple where I don't and see if there's any huge difference because my answer is probably going to be no. Now, if you have insights into transcripts and holy cow, I added them and my numbers went through the roof, I would love to hear from you. Audiograms or clips. This is another one I just heard. Well, I'll just say Mark Asquith from Captivate.fm, a friend of mine and uh, an opinion of a guy that I respect. He's yet another person I've heard say, yeah, I'm not doing audiograms on Instagram anymore. And the reason for that is I wish there was a way with these audiograms that you could track how many people clicked on them. Because I understand from a branding standpoint, it can, you know, it keeps your brand in front of people, may make you look a little more professional. But if your goal is I want more listeners, I'm not sure those work. Now, they might be very handy if you can share this with your audience and then your audience will share it with their audience with a link back to your website where they can subscribe and follow. That would make sense. But what I'm hearing more and more about audiograms is they take a long time because you have to find that golden nugget that you're going to put out to which I just say, how about you just come up with a great tease, record it, and then put it out as an audiogram or a videogram or whatever you want to do instead of trying to find the gold nugget in your episode that you can then clip out. Just look at Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live can't give you a snippet because it's live. So what do they do when it comes time for a commercial? They say, hi, I'm Dave Jackson. I'm hosting Saturday Night Live this week with guest music guest King's X. If you like Dave Jackson, if you like King's X, then you're probably going to tune in. And if you like Saturday Night Live, you probably have it set up to record anyway. So to me, that's an easy way. If you're going to be using these audiograms, fine. I have not been convinced that these are actually helping you grow your audience. And now my favorite opinion, and that is, of course, Anchor. And I've got more fuel for the fire here. According to Dave Jones of Podcasting 2.0, if you look at the podcast index, which is this huge database of podcasts, Anchor has 1,667,977 shows. 85% of them are dead and have not released an episode, as Dave put it, in anything close to recently, which means that there are roughly 260,000 out of 1,667,977 that are still producing episodes. Anchor slash Spotify, they are the kings of cluttering up the podcast space by a large margin. That is a quote from Dave Jones. Now, the biggest reason I hate Anchor is because they hurt my friends. And let me explain that. When Anchor first rolled out, they said, hey, when you sign up, it's free. 
and we will submit your show to Apple and Google and Stitcher and all these other places. We'll do it for you. And who wouldn't want you? Because if you are new to podcasting, wow, these guys are really nice. And they never told them that, oh, by the way, while we don't control your show, we do control your access to additional stats that show you how far people listened, how many people are really into your show in Apple, how many people have subscribed in Google and all these other things. They didn't tell them. And then people would come to me and say, hey, I'm hearing about this Podcast Connect thing. I can't seem to, to get my show in there. And I was like, where, where do you host with? And they go, Anchor. And I'd go, did you submit your show? Did you let them submit your show? And they'd go, well, yeah, why wouldn't you? And I go, because they now own, well, they don't own, they control your access to these additional stats. And yes, I know that you could use Anchor and you could manually submit your show to Apple and that would be perfectly fine, except they didn't tell anybody that. And they were preying on people that didn't know any better. And to me, that's kind of like, I don't know, taking money from somebody who's mentally challenged. That's not a cool thing to do because they don't know any better. And so now, six years later, they have stopped that practice of submitting your show for you, and they've replaced it with a strategy that, again, makes no sense. And that is, hey, come start a podcast with Anchor, and oh, by the way, you don't get an RSS feed unless you ask for one, to which I go, huh? So if you're in a situation where you're like, hey, it's got to be free, Right now, there's Anchor and there's Red Circle, and I would recommend in that situation, the better bad choice is Red Circle. I actually just started a podcast called Leading the Bleeding, and I put it on Red Circle because I didn't think it was going to be one of my, if you understand this kind of quotation marks here, like a real podcast. It was going to be one that I just kind of played with and you know kicked the tires on some stuff. So I thought, yeah, let's play with Red Circle. And then it dawned on me, no, I'm actually going to probably turn this into a quote real podcast, not just a fun, Hey, let's kick the tires on it kind of situation. And I immediately moved it off of red circle. Why? Because I know eight companies that went out of business using their business model. And I've said this in the past. I understand there are times there's a difference between being poor and broke. And if $15 for a media host is going to break the budget, you don't need a podcast right now. You need a job. And right now in September 2021, I can go right down the street and get 15 bucks an hour to work at the local fast food place. Let's get our finances in order. Let's get back on track and then start the podcast when money isn't so tight. Be careful when it comes to statistics. And this is where I'm going to, again, just be as transparent as I can. Because I could go right now. Let's let's look at the, the different business models of one was... We limit how much you upload, but you can have as many downloads as you want. So this is the Libsyn Blueberry Podbean kind of model. Then there's the Captivate model, which is you can upload as much as you want, but the more downloads you get, your uh, bill might go up. So I could right now, and this is where I just say, be careful with this. I could right now say, hey, the School of Podcasting gets about 25,000 downloads a month. And if I was on Captivate, that would cost me $44. But because I'm on Libsyn, said the Libsyn employee, it's only 20 Okay, you get that? Now, let's go the other route. I have a couple shows that are old and somewhat dead on Captivate. I have the Biggest Loser fan cast. I have, because of my podcast, 
which is a podcast. I have Bernie the Cat. And I just recently moved the podcast rodeo show to Captivate because I wanted something on here that was actually getting numbers. And so if I look at those one, two, three, four shows, and if I was paying $15 a month on a media host such as Lipson or Blueberry or Podbean, I'd be paying $60 a month for all four of those shows. But because those shows aren't that quite popular, if I go to my analytics, now I just moved the podcast rodeo show over there. But right now, my monthly stats for all of those shows, because again, most of those are kind of half dead. I mean, Bernie the Cat does not get a lot of downloads. Uh, I'm right now, after a week, I'm up to 2,500 downloads over there. So, but I'm only paying 17 bucks. So can you kind of see where you can manipulate stats to show whatever you want? And so my goal here, when we compare those two different business models, is to simply say, hey, here's how this one works. You get a a monthly uh, fee, and that's never going to change unless you need to upgrade or downgrade, and you can have as many downloads as you want. But you have to pay for every show gets their own feed. Uh, Then you have... The, the Captivate transistor model where, and as long as you know, hey, if I get popular over here, my bill is going to go up. And again, if I, you can say, well, if I'm getting popular, then I might be able to get a sponsor. Or if I have an audience size, I can start selling my own products and services. And that's the flip side of that. So realize there is two sides to that coin. I just want you to go in understanding, hey, here's how this one works. It's great because you can have a a monthly bill that you can count on and you can put it in the budget over here. You have a monthly bill and that will stay the same unless you get popular. And then again, if you're getting popular, then maybe you can monetize, go in with your eyes open. The next opinion is way, this is a hundred percent just opinion. And that is, I like Craig at Castos. I've had him uh, co-host once on ask the podcast coach. I like their YouTube channel, like Matt, the new guy over there. I try to be friends with everybody because who else can I geek out about podcasting with? But when you have an unlimited number of podcasts, unlimited number of episodes, unlimited downloads, I'm kind of like, when I look at that, I go, wait, couldn't I basically start my own podcast hosting company and pay you, you know, your monthly fee of $19 a month and then have as many podcasts as I wanted and as many downloads as I wanted and charge other people $20 a month because that's kind of the typical price for your typical thing, pocket the money and just have you foot the bill. Uh, that scratches my head. I, I'm on their website. And I'm looking. I don't see any fine print that says, uh, you can't have more than eight gazillion. It just that business model makes me go, mm, you're leaving yourself open to um, get kicked in the jewels in my opinion, when I look at that business model, and that makes me nervous. Anytime I see a business model that I go, eh, you know, to kind of compare that, Podbean has an unlimited number of episodes, unlimited number of downloads, but that's that's for one podcast, not you can make as many podcasts as you want. So Dave, how do I decide? Because I went to Facebook, and I went to one of the Facebook groups about podcasting, and I said, 
hey, I'm thinking of starting a podcast. Who should I want? And and somebody said Anchor. Then everybody jumped on him and said, you're an idiot. And then somebody else said Buzzsprout. And somebody else said Libsyn. And somebody said Blueberry. And somebody said Podbean. And somebody said Captivate. And I, I walked in there knowing of about three media hosts. I'd heard of Buzzsprout and Libsyn and, and Captivate. And now I, I know of about 19 different options. Which one do I choose? And that's why I say, figure out what you want your podcast to do. Realize that no matter where you go, and I know there's some, there are some out there that say, oh, we're focused on audience growth. I'm here to tell you, we all thought, many people thought, transcripts, that's the silver bullet to 10,000 downloads. And then they brought in um, headliner, audiograms, that's going to be the thing that gets us to 10,000 downloads. And then somebody said, oh, we're going to add this. And, and there, it's all helpful But the thing that gets you to 10,000 downloads is your content and the ability to share it and the ability to subscribe. Those are the three ingredients. How engaging is it with your audience? Are you asking them to share it? Do you have share buttons on your website? And do I have to dig to subscribe or follow to your show? Those are the things. Don't put hurdles up in front of you to grow your audience. I'm a big fan of Libsyn. And I always say, look, I'm, I've been a Libsyn employee for five years. I've been a Libsyn customer for 16. And people say, oh, you say Libsyn's number one because you work there. And I go, no. When I was walking out to the parking lot with my cardboard box and I had been let go of my teaching job, I was like, I got to get a job in podcasting. I love podcasting. Where would I want to work? And at the time, you know, some of these places didn't exist. And I was like, well, I'm going to start with Libsyn, and if that doesn't work, I'm going to go to Blueberry. And, you know, luckily, Libsyn hired me. One more opinion here, and this is on where to host your your actual RSS feed. So, Todd, if you could close your ears. I don't recommend using a feed that is generated by WordPress. I have a love-hate relationship with WordPress. And as long as your media host makes it super easy to redirect then I feel it's safe to use the media host's RSS feed and let them handle the bandwidth bill. So if you're using something like PowerPress or the Seriously Simple plugin, and I look, those are well-crafted plugins. This is nothing against, uh, you know, those guys. It's against WordPress. So nothing against Blueberry in this case. And I have a show on Blueberry. I have a show on Buzzsprout. I have a show on Libsyn. I have a show on Red Circle. I have a show on Anchor. I have many shows, including this one, on Libsyn, so that I can talk about this with some education behind it. And so when people go, oh, you just say that because you have Libsyn, I can go, no, actually, look at this. So I do a show with Eric K. Johnson, the podcast talent coach. It's called the podcast review show where you guessed it. We review your podcast and your website. You can find that at podcastreviewshow.com. That's hosted on Blueberry. And I do not use WordPress for that site. So I can't use the PowerPress plugin. And I actually write my show notes and stuff inside of Blueberry. And I kind even when I was using WordPress, I used the Blueberry feed for that. Now, why is that? And this is just a weird Dave thing, but One time on the School of Podcasting, somebody was trying to hack the School of Podcasting, and the thing that was just getting hammered over and over and over and over and over was my RSS feed on my WordPress site. And, you know, apps can be set up to check your feed once an hour, 
So there's 24 checks in a day. And in this case, it was some sort of robot that was just going nuts. And so I basically redirected my feed to my media host and I let them handle the bandwidth bill in the event anybody's trying to hack them. I will take that. That's just a Dave thing. I have a love-hate relationship with WordPress. I direct most of my uh, clients to PodPage. I think it's a great solution, schoolofpodcasting.com slash PodPage. And then you use the media host feed. And that way you don't have to worry about people hacking your site. And that is just because of my experience that I just shared. That's my love-hate relationship with WordPress. If you are using, and I'll close out with this, if you are using PowerPress for your feed, and again, nothing against PowerPress. This is just a Dave thing. It's a great, uh, well-designed app. But if you are using WordPress, and let's say you decide to go to Squarespace or PodPage or some other place like that, if Apple is looking at the PowerPress feed and you shut down WordPress, you just shut down your feed, which means you just closed your show. So if you're using WordPress for your feed, you want to redirect it to wherever you're moving to. And in my case, I just redirected it from using PowerPress to using the Blueberry feed. Then you can close WordPress because I've seen people shoot themselves in the foot. Anytime you're dealing with redirecting or moving hosts or things like that, you might want to reach out to a podcast guru. I know one. You can find him at schoolofpodcasting.com and I can walk you through that so you don't accidentally shoot yourself in the foot. And if you're still confused, out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 793, which is fun because this doesn't exist, so I'm going to go create this when I get done uh, publishing this, I'm going to have a form where you can sign up for a newsletter, and I will send you a video that shows you the back end of Captivate, of Anchor, of Libsyn, of Blueberry, of all the shows that I have on, so you can look at the interfaces and then choose uh, wisely. So check that out again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 793. Thanks very much for uh, for joining me on my mission to rid the world of boring podcasts. This particular episode was based on user feedback. So many people said, like, can you explain this whole hosting thing? And I was like, I'm just going to do it factual. And then I'm going to throw in my opinion so you know the difference between the two. And if I do share an opinion, I explain why. So you can go, oh, that's why that guy thinks that way. So I hope you found this useful. I would love to help you start, plan, grow, monetize, if that's something you're into, your podcast. Come visit me, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener. And until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. I can't believe this person made this podcast and you're going to have a group of brilliant, brilliant, brilliant podcasters. They're all out there barbecuing and things like that. We are brilliant. Brilliant.